If you are vulnerable to psychic damage from roguish language, stay away from these gibbering mouths. But if you intend on listening to this podcast about enriching your fantastical group hallucinations, you're too far gone already. Your next game is going to be relentlessly haunting, and here's why. In this episode, we find some answers to how can we use a revenant like they ought to be used. And are there stages that we can bucket a revenant encounter into that will build unbearable terror in your party? And are there any details from old accounts of revenants that we can use to defeat these terrible foes? Welcome to the Hook and Chance podcast. I'm Travis. And I'm his brother, Jordan. So we talk a lot about horror on this podcast, but neither of us are really like crazy horror buffs. This is true. The truth comes out. The <laughs> it's just outing ourselves. <laughs> the thing is, is that we both grew up in a cabin in the woods of northern BC. Like we lived the horror. Yeah, we don't need movies the... <laughs> to simulate the, the isolation <laughs> and the the threat of bears and ghosts ghosts obviously too yeah what yeah. i was afraid of ghosts in the <laughs> <Okay>. woods <laughs> as a child is that not fair and i think it's because we were fueled by a couple of different things the first one that really jumps to mind is the old reel-to-reel player that our grandfather had and he kind of like gifted the reel-to-reel player to you and just a like a huge bin of reels of which he had recorded when he was a kid all of these like scary stories so while we didn't watch a lot of horror movies like we didn't come up watching friday the 13th we were listening to like the scratchy sound of an old reel to reel <laughs> player turning in a cabin in the woods like this was some terrifying shit. Yeah, like 1950s radio plays of horrifying monsters. And if you haven't ever listened to audio horror, do yourselves a favor because your imagination is better than anything on the screen. Yeah. This is what gets you. I'm telling you. And one of the ones that we listened to a lot was He Who Follows Me, which just this this absolutely terrifying radio play in retrospect, it probably isn't all that terrifying. Probably not. As children, I remember being scared shitless. And this is actually, wow, this is like bringing back some shit. Because now I recall being late for school one day, and we had a fairly long driveway. Like, it was probably maybe a kilometer long to the bus stop. And I remember trying to run to catch the school bus in the middle of a whiteout. Like early morning, because it's it's in the middle of winter, like it doesn't get light to like one thirty in the afternoon. <laughs> like we live in a in a world of darkness in the winter in northern BC. And so I remember in the dark trudging through an absolute whiteout and feeling someone walking up behind me and following me <laughs> down the driveway. And I could just see the the silhouette through the snow very vaguely and I started walking faster and faster and faster and faster and 
Sure enough, I get to the bus stop just as the bus is leaving and I can't catch it. He can't hear me through the, the deadening sound of the snow falling. And now I'm left with my follower, this silhouette walking through the driving snow in the dark, approaching me. And there is nothing that I can do but just wait for my ultimate doom. It turned out to be dad. Dad was making sure that I made the bus. <laughs> but I was ready to fight for my life. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't get much more foreboding than that. And that ties, yeah, that's a revenant if I've ever heard of one. And maybe just to give some added context, we'll play a little snippet of He Who Follows Me. Just so you can kind of get the flavor of where we're coming from when we think of revenants. And now... I know. I've seen him myself. What are you trying to do? Frighten us? I ain't trying to frighten you, none. <laughs> I don't have to. He'll frighten you. Old Mr. Thomas. The death that walks. Because he'll come for you. <laughs> he'll come for you. So you can kind of see where we're coming from with this. <laughs> This is this is where we start from when we think of the Revenant and what it could be. And don't be surprised if you hear more clips of that throughout this episode because we just cannot help but be obsessed with that as our starting point. We want to share those moments that got our young brains with you <laughs> so that you can share it with your party. And also, quick content warning, we're going to talk a lot about burning and being burned if that icks you out, like it icks me out already, like I've already got a mental, no, I don't. So that's what we're going to be discussing a little bit in this setup to how to use revenants really well. And it's weird how before D&D, I didn't even really have a term for them, but we've all seen this kind of monster in, you know, our real to reels, but there's all kind of movies that have them in it. And they're such a good monster, something relentlessly hunting and pursuing the hero? Well, think about the two most enduring horror characters in fiction. You know, you've got Jason and you've got Michael Myers, and both of them are not these invincible forces, but they're unending. In the Halloween movies, Michael Myers gets, like, stabbed and burned, and, like, <laughs> shot. a teen girl just, like, stabs him in the chest and that's you know it, it sets him back sure but evil never dies like it just keeps coming back and it keeps coming for you yeah 
these types of stories give you that really cool opportunity to give the party such a win. They've done it. They've killed it. But it's still going to come back. That's, that's the problem. Yeah. That's what makes it so good. Yeah. The challenge here, you know, I've always skipped over the Revenant because I've never really sat down and thought about how to use them to their best effect. And the problem is, you know, like a lot of the other monster episodes that we do, if you throw that stat block down and you just run it like a monster, it's going to fall very flat. Yeah. Party's going to beat it. It doesn't have wild abilities in combat. Scenario one, you throw the revenant at the party as a zombie and they kill it. And then it comes back a little while later and then they kill it again. And then it comes back and then they kill it again. And then they're just wondering what the hell to do. Yeah, it's you're just taking up game time with the same combat. Yeah. And kind of a problem with the revenant is that nowhere in the stat block does it tell you that you can use the wish spell, which is one of the highest level spells in the game, to defeat it? Yeah. But there's got to be other methods. And I know that they probably do that to give you some creativity as a DM. But unless you think about that beforehand, you're just going to keep throwing it at the party. And I really doubt that the players, when given a wish spell, are going to use it to get rid of the CR5 yeah. zombie. That's falling. They're going to use that on something wildly different that's going to throw your game way off track. And if they actually wait until they're high enough level to have the wish spell, every time that revenant shows up, they just boot it into oblivion. Like it's not a <laughs> challenge for them anymore. Anyways. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> you need an army of revenants at that point. Yeah. There's like some incongruity in the revenant stat block. The solution, though, that we're going to explore in this episode is building them upright because it's spooky season right now and we need to talk about some like halloween fun where we can really string the players along and build them up like they deserve and they do deserve it because your party's probably done something to an npc that they shouldn't have <laughs> maybe yes. they you know terribly murdered somebody that has haunted you the dm so this is your chance to get them the fuck back <laughs> love it and we're gonna do that in the strategy stateroom this is the strategy stateroom where inventive and cunning tactics are crafted for when they're needed most So some of the highlights of the actual Revenant in D&D 5th edition for you, in case you're unfamiliar. First of all, they got high stats across the board, but some of their absolute strengths are literally strength. They got an 18. Constitution, they have an 18. And Charisma and also Wisdom are pretty high. Charisma is 18 and Wisdom is 16. So they're incredibly powerful and incredibly intelligent good yeah. at handling social situations for a zombie? That's the real kicker there, is that this thing can think its way through problems and get people on its side yeah. and get leverage over people. This is a thinking, maniacal, undead monster. And if it tells other NPCs what you did to it, how hard is it really going to be for it to gain allies? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Come on. Another couple of things to point out, though, is that it's got saving throws out the wazoo, of course, as well. 
Like it has a plus seven to a bunch of saving throws and it has immunities to charmed, exhaustion, frightened, paralyzed, poisoned, stunned. There's not much your party can do to slow this thing down. Right, which just goes to kind of reinforce that concept of a slowly marching force that will not stop. Some of its abilities to also heighten that, it's got regeneration, which means it regens hit points unless it takes fire or radiant damage. It's got rejuvenation, which when you kill it, it's going to come back in a new body. The stat block says within 24 hours, that's something we might play with a little bit. And it also knows exactly where you are. If it's after you, if it wants revenge on you, it is going to find you. There's nothing that can stop that. You cannot escape it. You cannot hide from it. But the other thing that really kind of influences the way we come at this monster is that as far as its actions in combat, they're good. I mean, they're they're not bad, but they're also not great. Like a multi-attack and a vengeful glare, which both do some damage and one paralyzes and that's really cool but it's not going to be a major threat against a party of five no so what we need to do is like we said in the intro we need to build up and we need to mess with them in other ways we need to use its intelligence to be just a terrifying force of nature kind of monster that turns others against the the party and messes with them and gets to the destination before they can and really dogs them and makes their lives miserable. Because with all of that intelligence also comes the lack of the need to do human things like, you know, maintain relationships, sleep, eat, all that stuff. The undead marches on inevitably. Right. We're going to break this down into three steps. These are the three steps that we feel are probably going to be the best three solid phases, let's say, of how a revenant is going to play out in a story. Step one is the horror. This is literally just the the same horror steps that we've talked about in the past. We have a three-part series called The Bones of Horror that we go over these horror steps in vast detail. But here, we're just going to solidly build up to a little bit of a scare. Which is going to end in the first time that they actually encounter this monster. And that's why it's only the first phase that's horror, because as soon as you reveal the monster, you're out of horror and you're into something else. Right. Then the second stage is the haunting. So we're trying to do another suspenseful buildup to what could be a new foe that then twist turns out to be that old foe. It's back. And we did not expect that. Yeah, we're trying to keep it away from them and make them wonder why everything that they touch or everything that they go near is turning sour. Their plans, the people, like something bad is happening to them. And then part three is the mystery. Now they know what's after them, but they don't know how to stop it. And this is the part that we feel is kind of missing from the Revenant. So we need to give them a little bit of a mystery on how to overcome their foe and finally kill it with something other than a wish spell. Right, yeah. We need to give them a way to overcome this foe. Yeah, let's explore some of those steps in more detail. And let's do it with an actual example of what you could do in your game. So Will HP gives a prompt from his GM experience on our Discord channel. When we asked, what is something 
that your party has done to an NPC that really just deserves some goddamn <laughs> revenge because it was evil. It was kind of horrifying, yeah. right? And sure, you know, the party's killing bad guys all the time, but, you know, maybe it's a it's an axe cleave or an arrow through the head, and those are violent, but there's something a little extra special about spells like heat metal. If you're unfamiliar, that <laughs> that does what it sounds like. It heats metal, but the way to use it to its most extreme effect is to do it on a suit of full plate armor. That's horrifying and awful. As Will pointed out, the doffing rules of armor suddenly become very important and require rigorous enforcement when someone's burning inside of them. That person obviously died of their horrible, horrible wounds. And guess what? That's going to be the source of our revenant. If this was an enemy in a game or this was just simply an NPC, because we know that often adventurers do some kind of villainous things <laughs> without necessarily realizing how villainous they really are. You know, as a GM, you see stuff as simple as the party trying to negotiate a better deal and they can't get it, so they get to murdering. And I honestly can count the number of times on my hand that an interrogation has gone well. <laughs> has gone morally okay. That has not haunted your dreams that night. <laughs> yeah. I'm playing with a bunch of sociopaths. <laughs> For sure. So let's start off with the horror. What we typically do with these horror steps is we want to start with what is normal and then we increase it to uneasy, and we start leaving hints that kind of cause this sense of unease. Then we step it up one more time with dread, and we start to layer in this impending force that's coming to them, and then it's right around the corner with terror, and then we finally reveal the monster with horror. And what we're trying to do with the horror steps here is we're really just trying to build that up as a monster. Our players are not necessarily, unless they're really, really familiar with the monster manual, not necessarily going to know that this is a revenant. It could just be somebody undead that maybe they recognize them, maybe they don't. You know, there's a lot of mystery that we can play into this, but we want to try and get the first Halloween movie, right? The first time you meet this psychotic killer and you're like, oh, we want to end it with, we've burned it alive, we've killed it, it's absolutely gone, it's fallen into a pit of lava, there's no coming back from that. <laughs> like, that's the real point of this whole horror step, is to build up the monster, and then to make sure that the party can rest easy, knowing that they have handled this. Right, you absolutely don't want an unsure victory in this case. The party can't look back and say, did we kill him? Yeah. So I think the best place to start with this is, you know, between some adventures. The party has just helped defeat the council member that was secretly a cultist or some such. Success, they're back in town celebrating their victory. That's what I love about this is that, you know, the Revenant can just be a wonderful, gentle reminder of the horrors that they've wrought in the world. And it can be slotted in at any point. I like how you say a gentle reminder. I don't think it's so gentle. <laughs> I'm going to beat them over the heads with it. So let's start to drop a little unease in there. Maybe farms nearby have had groups of animals run off. 
because, well, there's some kind of undead creature roaming around getting closer. I love that. Like the horses whinnying in the barn, like, oh, I don't know why, but the animals have been unsettled. Yeah. It's such a great way to drop in a little <laughs> bit of unease. Following that, an NPC they know says they just got into town and the woods were real quiet coming through. Yeah. Hunter looking for live game and has struck out for the past like four nights. Yeah. I don't know where all of the game has gone. Or we can foreshadow some of the horror that we're going to get into with a fire breaking out in town. And, you know, they come into town and find that this fire has recently been started. A bunch of people were burned and the local healer is trying to nurse some of those burns and foreshadowing the agony like we want to. We want to try and hit that real good about like NPCs saying, oh, I've never experienced something so painful, <laughs> you know, wailing and, and saying like, this is the worst thing that you can possibly do to someone for a long lasting pain. Yeah. And it's especially good if the party starts to try and help these people, knowing that they're the ones that did something like this in the first place. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, now you're going to be good. I maybe, see. Maybe they'll pick up on it. Yeah. But I suspect, and I would be willing to bet money that they will not. Yeah. All right. So we step it up into dread. Things are a little bit worse. We got dogs in town. All the dogs in town won't stop barking because they can sense something wrong. The evil that's coming. You know, we can add a little bit of psychological horror and saying that somebody came asking for you. And I didn't know who they were asking for, but. Now I, here you are. You're the interesting. And they were, you know, kind of creepy. Yeah. Wearing a hood. Give them a little the description. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and maybe the day after they're carousing their celebrations at the tavern, they walk by the same tavern. It's been burned down. The doors and windows were barricaded from the outside as it was burned down. Ooh. Maybe people still got out. Your call is a DM, but like, that's unsettling either way. Yeah, they're going to maybe even want to investigate that. Yeah. And like lean into it a little bit. Now, if we step it up into terror, now everyone's kind of freaked out. Things are kind of quieter than normal. And we need to start, like, sabotaging them. We need to target them. They're going to start to think, oh, there's something weird going on in town. But now we need to make sure that the party understands that they are, in fact, the target. They brought this evil into town. Yeah, something is attached to them. So I'm thinking, like, you know, we need to attack their stuff if they're traveling with a wagon. Like, if the party has a covered wagon that they travel with that wagon needs to get sabotaged in the night. Um, you know, we need to to find some of their stuff burned or tossed into a fire. And if you want to really step it up in this terror stage, somebody that they're close to or at least have been friendly with is found dead. Yes. From being burned. Go after an NPC. Yeah. And then finally, horror, we need to introduce the monster this is the final showdown with um, the final, I say, in air quotes, <laughs> because, again, we need to make sure that the players think that this person is dead once this combat is done. But this revenant points a finger at them and says, I've come for you. Yeah. For a little bit of inspiration, though, I think we need to go back to 
he who follows me. Just just let this sink in. I think we'll be leaving tomorrow, Helen. Oh, I'm glad. I don't believe the caretaker story, and yet I'm afraid. Yeah. It's a beautiful night. Yes, isn't it? That moon's so big and full that it could... Bill. Yes, dear? Look down there at the street. There's a man down there. Oh, there's nothing to be... Bill! He's looking straight up at us and pointing to us at... Look at his face, Bill. Look at his face. Pale. Pasty looking. And his eyes like two burning coals of fire. That's how we kick off the combat, because as soon as the party sees it for the first time, they're going to want to attack. You got to have those glowing red coal eyes. Ooh, that's like that's the whole core of the monster to me. And then they drop the corpse of their crispy friend NPC (laughs) and it breaks or splats. Disgusting, Travis. There's fires being lit all over town and the party is trying to help as the final showdown of the entire town ablaze. Yeah. And there's cinders falling through the sky. And this is where this climactic battle happens. The Revenant standing in the center of the road, silhouetted by flames. Maybe even having a guard come up, a brave guard come up with his sword, trying to attack it. And the Revenant just, you know, reaches out, grabs him by the throat, picks him up, crushes him, burns him, whatever. Yeah, I dig that. So we've got the big epic showdown and they beat the threat. They have to kill it. They need to stomp the revenant into dust. We still haven't revealed what it is. If they know it's a revenant, they're going to take different actions. But this thing that's come back for revenge is going to, you know, fight until they have burned it again. It's a light. It's fallen over. It's crispy. It's literally ash by the time it's just ash and bone. Right. They're doing all the things you're supposed to do to undead. They're chopping off its head. They're killing its brain. They're making sure it's gone. Yeah. And that's where we get into the haunting. This is where you get to use your DM knowledge to your advantage and everything that the party's doing because you want to present the Revenant as always being one step ahead. And you want to slowly build up this whole horror journey again. And you can make it seem like it's not the same thing right like that's kind of the purpose of this stage well again the revenant is smart enough the revenant knows what it's doing so the revenant knows it's going to abandon this motif of burning things and it's just going to destroy their lives because it fought them once it lost it knows not to just walk up and fight them again right we need to hit them with psychological horror and then we also need to like just gross them out once in a while but we're going to let them carry on on their adventures. Whatever main story that they're going to pick back up after this revenant encounter, we're going to let them do that. But like you said, George, every time they come into another town, things are not okay there. Yeah, whether it's all of the people that they normally get their supplies from getting robbed or killed or taken out in some other way. If they're going back to a town that they know and love, we absolutely are going to have NPCs that are giving them reports of people following them. And what? This can't possibly be related. Right. 
but there's someone following me around town. Oh, we'll look for them. We'll never find them. You can even maybe have people abandoning this town or this home base. Like, things have been bad for a while and they're getting bad again. So we want to move. <laughs> this is unsettling. Right. Because, like, even if the party's on the move, the Revenant doesn't need to eat, sleep, or stop walking. Yeah. Which means that some of the vast distances that typically would make it very difficult to be in two places at the same time, things could have been going poorly back at their home base for a long time. Like, the Revenant could have been setting all of this up, and the town encounter was just one step in their plan that they've been working on for quite some time. And keep in mind that, yes, this is D&D. Maybe there's a chance that you've given your party some magical means of transportation or, you know, flying transportation. Well, I know it steps away a little bit from the slowly plotting Revenant, but again, they're smart enough. They can do the same things. They right. can be on an undead vulture beast or something they like that. They can use magic items. They can yeah. use They could use spells if they wanted to. Yeah. They can become a spellcaster. Join the Wizard Academy. <laughs> yeah, Fred over there, he's a very, very talented spellcaster. He's new to the Academy. He yeah. stinks. <laughs> and he's kind of horrifying looking, but he's very talented. And he doesn't... He's, he's acing all of the tests. He just studies and studies. He's yeah. relentless. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's the best student. He never yeah. stops to sleep or eat. He just studies. Top grades in his first year. It's crazy. <laughs> But this is like, I really like where we're going with this because this is just hounding the party. This is burning bridges down before they get to them. This is bandits coming out of the woods. The party thinks that they're coming to attack, but really they're just terrified. <laughs> uh, you know, there's lots of little things that we can do to just pepper in some of this. Like, why? Why does everything, wherever we go, just turn sour? Yeah. And at some point doing this, as your party is questing, they're going to turn away from that quest. They're going to need to solve this because yeah. it's just getting to be too much. And when the party has had enough, we can finally get to this third and final stage, which is the puzzle slash mystery to figure out how to rid ourselves of this revenant once and for all. And if you want to get real deep into that, we do have a mystery series as well that you know, you can you can play this out as its whole full adventure. But the basic steps you at least need to cover here are that the party learns that there's a way to kill it permanently. The party needs to go fetch that MacGuffin or whatever it is that's going to kill it. And they're going to have a final stand. So that's enough for a little mini mystery. And I think with the Revenant, what we're going to do while they're trying to solve this mystery is they're going to have to keep fighting the Revenant. Right. Because at this point, the Revenant's going to know that they're onto it and that they're trying to stop it. So it's coming in hard and hot with everything it's got. Yeah. It's sending other people in. Like, we don't necessarily want to just have the same Revenant fight again and again. We're going to have the Revenant fight with other NPCs, with monsters that it's found and somehow turned toward the party. We're going to have this fight in different locations where it's going to be even more dynamic and more dramatic. So this is the Revenant, like you said, just coming on strong. Yeah. And that's how we can keep the same fight feeling fresh 
and more daunting and more terrifying with every single next encounter. Yeah. The Revenant's always there, but it's setting up the battlefield exactly how it wants, and it's getting harder and harder the closer you get. Now, where we're coming from with this idea on how to kill Revenants is back in like the lore around Revenants, the old folktales of Revenants, typically they were kind of zombies. And I think the only thing that was really different was that there were zombies with purpose. <laughs> you know, they they had something done wrong to them, and that's why they came back. Not just looking for the closest brain. Yeah. But the difference being that they were usually killed by removing their heart. Or so some of these old folktales go, like the one where the English abbot of Burton tells the story of two runaway peasants from about... 1090 who died suddenly of unknown causes and were buried but the very same day they were interred they appeared at evening while the sun was still up carrying on their shoulders the wooden coffins in which they'd been buried the whole following night they walked through the paths and fields of the village and they spoke to the other peasants, banging on the walls of their houses and shouting, Move quickly, move, get going, come! Which is terrifying and also incongruous. Why? Well, where did they want them to go? Just get going. Just out. <laughs> <laughs> but the villagers became sick and started dying, but eventually the bodies of the revenants were exhumed, their heads were cut off, and their hearts were removed, which, which ended the spread of the sickness. I'm always curious about who's the guy that came up with the solution in those situations. Like, hey, I know these fellas. <laughs> if we just go cut out their hearts, don't ask me how I know, but we're going to dig up some bodies and do some bad stuff. Well, that's just it. Is that like, how do you not come across as a nut job <laughs> yeah. when you suggest that? Of like, how do we stop this plague? We got to dig out their hearts. <laughs> It's like, dude, you suggest that for literally everything. <laughs> yeah. You need to cool it on the heart cutting. We were having some bad crops last year, and that's what you wanted to yeah. do. It. I don't even know whose hearts you wanted. <laughs> so, yeah, the point here, though, is come up with a unique solution for this Revenant problem. And this can be a lot of fun, gives your players something to do, gives them some forward momentum to solving the problem. Take its heart out and destroy it. You could take out its heart and fill it with a special magic flower powder and then replace it. I like solutions that involve needing to fight it one last time, like getting to the only wizard that can create a special vial of alchemist's fire that is going to keep it down. Yeah. Or, you know, go full Lord of the Rings with it. You've got to fight it near a special volcano, forcing it to fall in while it's still alive so that it can't find a new host. Right. Kill it in the distant place where everyone wears a, a talisman so it can't jump to another corpse. You know, it's so we have to go all the way to Antarctica, Victor Frankenstein style. Yeah. Don't feel constrained by this concept of the wish spell, though, I guess is our point here. Yeah. And now I just had a thought that during the final encounter, this Revenant's probably also got a sense of poetic justice. Maybe it's going to try and like put its original suit of armor on... You? Yes. <laughs> yes. And again, by this point, it's been collecting its own resources. So in this situation, I'm giving that Revenant the ability to cast fire spells. They've graduated wizard school. They're casting wall of flame, heat metal themselves, burning hands. Just shock and awe. It's full of fire and it's coming out on you. 
or it's trying to use a, a magic item like Black Razor to just suck the soul of the person that cast the original spell on them uh, and so that they can do something horrible to their soul after they've captured it. Something like that. Yeah. But this is the this is the end fight. They get a magic weapon in the end when they kill the Revenant. You know, there's a lot of benefits once they're actually able to kill this thing. They get the charred armor that and now, yeah. the, you know, that original suit of that full plate armor, but it's got resistance to heat. Yeah. And it's got all of these crazy glowing red veins running throughout the armor itself. And it gives you a couple of minor, you know, weakened revenant abilities, like your own ability to, you know, sleep less or track your enemies or something like that. Love that. Yes. So we're we're rewarding the party by finally defeating this thing. We're giving them something in exchange for us torturing them for the last couple of sessions yeah. with all of this nonsense. And I, I don't know. I think that this is a really cool solution. Definitely far better than just slapping a revenant down and having them <laughs> kill it again and again. It's back. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Let's go through this slog again. We hope that this helped. And we really hope that you share your stories of what, how did you use a revenant that was really, really good? Did you use this approach? And did this lead to any crazy encounters or really good stories? We definitely want you to come and share those on our Discord. We have to leave you with one last little clip to leave you inspired by our youthful encounter with a revenant. Yes, I hear them too. He couldn't possibly have come this far, could he? I don't know. What's the matter? Oh, fate. Rest against the window. It's not there now. I was there for just a few seconds. I saw a bill. The same man we saw last night outside the hotel. He was right outside the window. March 5th. This morning when I went in to pay the bill, the man who owns the motel said a strange, pasty-faced man had been in earlier and told him to tell me that he would follow me. It's impossible to get any material together that'll help me in my work. Everywhere we go, he's there also. March 16th. Yeah, Mr. Mason, this guy said it was all right for you to go on ahead because he was going to follow you. March 22nd. No, he didn't leave a name. He just said that he'd be in touch with you. April 7th. Never saw anyone who looked like that before. Is he a friend of yours, Mr. Mason? April 18th. He said he'd follow you. April 29th. Told me to say he'd follow you. May 15th. Follow you. Follow you. That honestly, like, I, I'm pretty sure I had nightmares about that for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of gems in those some of those old stories. If you want inspiration, those are a great place to start. We'll link this entire radio play in our description. So go and check that out. Right now, we are also running a contest that's going to give you the ability to win some sweet loot. 
We're celebrating the debut of our article in Arcadia. Issue 20? Yeah, issue 20 of Arcadia has an article that we wrote with our dear friend, the GM Tim. It's something that we're super, super proud of. So go check that out. But we're, like you say, we're running a giveaway for this. We're also, I don't know, celebrating our 150th episode. We did it. We made 150. We're also celebrating Halloween, I guess. We like <laughs> yes, Halloween. we do. Anyways, there's like $600 and more worth of prizes. There's a ton that we're giving away on this. So we got stuff like uh, a one-year hero membership, as well as a couple of player memberships to give away to describe. Flavor text, box text. Everything you need, you should go check out Describe because they got some really, really cool things that they're on offer. But we got three year-long memberships to give away. Each package is going to get a hardcover copy of Keith Ammon's More the Monsters Know What They're Doing. We've got a whole bunch of PDFs courtesy of Heavy Arms for each tier. We've got a bunch of Nolzer's Marvelous Miniatures figures from Fire Giants to Aboliths. Uh, all the stuff that we've done episodes on before. You can get a one-on-one -on -one campaign or character planning session with us. Hang out and talk about what you're running and we'll help you. Yeah, we'll sit down and actually help you go through the steps and build something that you're really, really proud of. Uh, we've got a fashionable hook and chance stuff. <laughs> uh, very on brand and lucky green and teal Chessex Lab Dice dice set. As stickers, patches, Discord flair. Like we, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there. Go check it out. Um, you can find all of the entry information on hookandchance.com. This is how easy it is to win some of this stuff. Uh, write a character intro, join our Discord, and like and retweet a tweet that's pinned to our Twitter. Yeah, you get tons of sweet loot just Super for liking easy. us. Just like us. Just like us. That's all we want. <laughs> <laughs> don't sound so desperate Jordan. you got it this is a cool prize thing for you not for us the due date for all of this is halloween so you have just a scant couple of weeks to get the, your shit together and get entered to win some of the stuff we are excited for you to have all this stuff to run your games as a reminder we are not that popular so you have a great <laughs> chance at winning some of this stuff Please like us, <laughs> like all of our patrons do, as they support us, they support this episode, they make this whole show possible. Thank you to Sue Art, Blackthorn, First Law, Peacock Dreams, DM Thunderbomb, Marley R, Gar the Pirate, Tyrum, Time Warp, Dangerous Marmalade, Zach G, No Ma'am, Michelle T, Felix R, Chris F, Lucas D, Lila G, GM Tim, Nevermore, Thomas W, Ty N, Heavy Arms, Eric R, All Just, Leprechaun, and Will HP. Thank you all so much. Thanks to Tabletop Audio for the sound effects that you heard in this episode. You can follow us at Hook and Chance on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Reddit. You can join that awesome community of DMs and players by joining our Discord. That is literally the only requirement to win one of those prize packs. <laughs> Just join our Discord. It's so easy. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. And, and Travis, if I people. die first, I'm revenanting you, I promise. Because I know you'll have been involved in some way, shape, or form. <laughs>